Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. Hey, good morning. Um, welcome if you're new here. I saw a few new faces. Um, my name's Jesse. My wife and I started this church back in 2016 out of our house. And uh, really just because we were all tired of everybody leaving Wednesday nights and then going to some other church, different churches throughout the county. We decided, well, let's just start a church ourselves. So we all decided to start a church and that's, and, and families and kids. Yeah. So anyway, here we are. And God hasn't not stopped showing up. I want to sing about this morning. Um, sing about this morning. And I just want to say thank you guys. Thank you for allowing our staff and our church and all the leaders to be, um, to fully go after God ourselves on a Sunday morning. Um, th- there's, there's a way of doing church where you keep it very, um, very neat and tidy so that nobody feels uncomfortable. Um, and there's a way of doing church so that nobody has to stand up out of their chair or raise their hands. And there's, the w- there's ways of doing church, lots of different ways. And um, when we started this church, we, we wanted to be, we, just, we, we didn't want to stop being all in for God. And so to do a church and be all in for God means that sometimes there's people laying on the ground in the back. And sometimes there's people jumping up and down or getting out of their seats and dancing. Amen. And, uh, and maybe if you're new, that feels uncomfortable. Maybe you've never seen it in a church. And, um, and so for that, I just want to say thanks for letting us be ourselves. Um, I promise, I promise you, this will create great fruit in you. Um, it's creating great fruit in me and my wife and everybody else I know that's here. So anyway, we're going to keep doing it. Honestly, I encourage you to be a little more wacky if you need to be. Um, it will help you, I promise. Um, all right, if I can get this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, lastly, I want to pray for something real quick. I want to pray for families. I'm just feeling like, man, I, my heart's been so grieved for families lately. Um, just things, the enemy does wonky stuff. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like me. Um, we're over that, I know. We don't need to talk about the devil. I love what Bill says, uh, one of our mentors. He says, he says I only talk about the, the devil long enough to put a target on him. <laughs> I'm like, I like that. <laughs> So I want to pray. I want to pray for families. Uh, and so if you can, uh, just uh, just join with me in these prayers. I don't want you know, and uh, I'm going to pray. And, and so whatever your heart is to pray for, go ahead and begin to pray with that also. Or just join me. But we're just going to pray. So Father, Lord, right now we, we, uh, we lift our hearts to you, God, and we just, we look at the God who is good. I love what David said. I would have despaired had I not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, it is your goodness and your kindness that proves to me that you are bigger than the devil, that you are better than anything I ever imagined, God. And I, I pray right now for hope for families, God. I pray for that you would that you would give us hope for marriages, hope for kids, hope for um uh, for families in of, in of itself, just the whole the, the nucleus of the family, God. I pray that that you would um, you would bring grace to us, Lord, to be imperfect. Father, I pray for husbands and wives um, to, to be humble and yet uh, and full of, uh, full of love for themselves, for each other, God. I, I, just, I pray you break off all the lies that we're hearing, God. You change all the narratives that we've been believing that are not true, God. And I pray you would put new narratives of love, of selflessness, God. Lord, I, I, we recognize that family is, 
Man, it's, it's difficult sometimes. It's downright near impossible, but we serve an impossible God. And so, God, I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to feel like we're winning every day, but God, I pray that you do win every day. And we just pray for wins all around this, uh, this church, this city, and the church at, at large, God. We, we say, Lord, that, that, uh, that marriages are sacred to you, God, and you protect what is sacred, Lord. So, Father, we ask for breakthrough and freedom and abundant marriages, abundant families, abundant kids, God, in every area. Amen. Come on. I encourage you guys, keep praying. Keep praying for families. We're going to see some radical breakthrough. I know we will. All right, amen. I'll just take that prayer too to help me today. Lord, help me get this message out. I pray. I was chat- we were hanging out with some friends the other night and they were saying, you know, sometimes lately church has been so good that after worship and ministry time, we could just leave. And I was like, amen. <laughs> me too. <laughs> sometimes you just get in that place after worship and you've been ministering and be ministered to this whole time. And, and, uh, and then you get someone like Ryan up here and he just starts to just point at things that God wants to do in your life and the person next to you. And you're just like, shh, take me now, Lord. <laughs> I am so much better than when I came in here. How many of you guys feel like you're better than when you came in today? Just feel like something's, something got a little bit, a little bit uh, brighter. Maybe hope got a little bit fuller. Amen. I pray that's all of you by the time we're done, all right? If you don't leave church better than when you came in, we are doing something wrong. Um, well, hey, I want to chat about uh, today. What time is it? All right, we're good. All right. I, I, I get, uh, we've been talking about revival lately. How many of you guys, like, how many of you guys loved last week? I was telling, that was one of Micah's, one of my favorite messages that Micah's preached, man. He's, uh, we have a team up at Isla Vista Church up in uh, Santa Barbara, UCSB, and they're ministering with uh, the Jesus Burgers crew in Isla Vista, and they're making s'mores on uh, De La Playa, which is like the party street, thousands of people back and forth. Um, Jess and I have been there a couple times on Halloween. It's nuts. But uh, can I tell a quick testimony? So we'll go to this. So it's like a street. Picture one of the most party schools in the nation, right? UCSB. And like there's this street where all everybody just walks up and down, just drinking, drunk as ever, and just partying and just whatever. Thousands, right? It's like literally wall-to-wall people. And Halloween, it's, it's the worst. Um, and they're all dressed up in, in everything that you don't want to imagine. And, and, and so we, we, we took up, we literally went to a ministry, a ministry uh, trip down there from our, our school. We were up in, in Reading. And, um, and we're on this trip, and our, our job was just to, um, just to help them out, just to be part of the ministry team of, of the church that goes out there. And they have an incredible bunch of ministry students that, that are, are students that are there. So we, so we, would, we literally would create a fire tunnel. If you've ever heard of a fire tunnel, it's, I don't know how to explain it to you. Uh, basically, two lines of people that you run through, and, uh, and you get really happy. Um, the fire of the Lord. We used to call them joy tunnels because it's easy to understand joy than fire, but whatever. Anyway, we, 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 so we'd make these long tunnels um, right where everybody had to walk through. And there's probably about 20 of us on either side. Either side and we're just like, we're just, I mean, they're all totally drunk, yelling and shouting. So they don't know what we're saying anyway. So we're praying in tongues over them as they run through. Just we're just like, come on. And, and then it was my job to get them into the tunnel. So I'd run to the front. I'm like, get in the tunnel. Get in the tunnel. And, then, and they're just, they're excited, right? They're drunk, so they're highly suggestible. And they're just like, okay, let's go, okay. And there's their drinks, they're telling their girls, like, let's go. And, 
And they walk through, and everybody's like laying hands on them and their heads and stuff. By the time they get done with this tunnel, they're in a different place. Like sometimes, some people are like, let's go again. And they turn and they go and they don't. Um, other times, they just literally come out, and they're laughing. They're smiling. It was beautiful. And then um, right next to that, we have a massive big piece of plywood and spray paint on it. It says free blessings on one side, and it says free healing on the other side. And so depending on the day, they present one of them. I remember one time it was, uh, it was blessings. We were standing there. You just stand behind it. It's really not easy to be an introvert if you need to be because you've got a big sign in front of you. And they come to you. It's beautiful. They're, they just, they're in this place where they're ready for anything. And so free blessing sounds great. And so they'd run up to you and they'd be like, I want a blessing. And, like, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Well, let me just create a blessing for you. And, and then you start praying over and you bless them. And, and then you know, sometimes you'll be like, hey, do you have neck pain? She's like, yes, I have neck pain. How did you know that? And I was like, it's part of the blessing. We're going to get rid of that right now. And we start praying for them, and then they get totally healed. And her friend says, oh, my back hurts. Can my back get healed too? I said, well, yes. Can I have your friend heal you now? And so I'd have the girl pray for her friend. It was beautiful. And then you'd say, hey, do you want to meet Jesus? And, and it, was, it was a lot of fun. It's some of the easiest ministry I've done. So we've got a team up there. Micah and Jimmy are leading that up there. And Anyway, they're doing Jesus s'mores, I guess, right now, though. Um, but I want to talk about We've been talking about revival. Um, because revival is a word that... Um, if you were to accuse us of having a denomination, uh, it would probably look closest of uh, charismatic Christianity. And I'm not big into labels because then it puts us in a box and then you've, you try to figure out what box to put us in. And it never works out for either of us. Um, but um, but the, the, the stream that we're in tends to use this word revival, revival meetings. And there's a good reason because there's a history of revival. If you haven't studied revival, I encourage you to do that. Study um, John G. Lake, John Alexander Dowie, um, study uh, Mariah Woodworth Etter, study uh, all, all these great, Amy Silver McPherson. They have, crazy revivals took place. Uh, and yet much of, the, much of the Christian world doesn't want to talk about revival. Um, and that's okay. I, as long as we're talking about Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly okay with it. But when we talk about revival, we had revival meetings. We have OC revival nights once a month. And what does revival mean to us? We, you know, a few weeks ago, we, we dismantled this idea that revival is a meeting. And that revival is actually Jesus working through your life, reviving things, right? And so you can have revival on a, Sunday, on a, on a, on a Monday morning at the dinner table. You can have revival. You can, uh, you can pray for your neighbors and they can get healed or they can feel hope spurred on. They can get saved and you can have revival next door. So revival is always more than a meeting when we talk about revival. But revival really is, it's, it's literally, it's, it's the culture becoming more and more like the kingdom. All right? And so right now you look around, the culture resembles a lot of what the world is trying to create, right? And so revival really is going into the culture and bringing Jesus, bringing, um, bringing love, joy, peace, you know, goodness, all this stuff, right? We're, that's, that's what we're called to as Christians. On earth as it is in heaven is, is the idea. Um, but so in this, I, I started thinking about how, do, how does our heart get revived? And how do we become a revival, right? Because until, until you can transform a city, you have to be transformed. Um, I remember Banning Leaf used to say this. He says, transform people, transform cities. So let's focus on the people first. And, and, and I'm sure we'll get transformed cities. But one thing I was thinking of as I was praying about this, I felt the Lord was leading me down this area of like, what does it actually mean to have a clear vision or at least a clear idea for your life? And, I, and I, I, was, I was reading up on stuff and I was just 
just kind of following little rabbit trails that God takes me on, I had this idea that contentment brings clarity of your vision. Contentment will bring clarity to your vision. And so as much as the word contentment may not sound super exciting, I'm gonna, we're going to go down this road with contentment. I, I, I promise you it's going to bless us. So first I was talking about contentment. You know, this idea that uh, if you want to go to Philippians 4, we're going to get there. So on your super smartphone, we're going to get there. And then we're also going to get to 1 Timothy 6 if you've got markers in your Bible, those really beautiful ribbons. <laughs> Are you laughing because of John Crowder? There's a, there's a beautiful preacher named John Crowder. He said the reason why they have these ribbons is he'd hold up his Bible and the ribbon would come down and he said, it's like a straw. You can drink from your Bible. Sorry, that was, that was too far. I was kind of, I left some of you behind on that one. Um, <laughs> we do fun stuff. Um, yeah, Father, would you help us? Um, help us see your scriptures. Help it jump out of the page to us, God. Humble our hearts, Lord, that we don't know everything yet and that we have much to learn from you, Father. Yeah, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today? Amen. I, one of the things I recognize as I was thinking about this, and even my, and I, and I, most, most times you guys got to know when, we, when, I, when I have a message, it's usually because it needs to help me first. And so <laughs> this is not something, so when I think about lack of you know, discontentment, what is the world doing? The world is always telling us that we need more. Is that my right? You, do you know what the, the, the current advertising marketing number is for the U.S. overall? It's $250 billion, and it's going up every year by around 6 to 10%. Uh, I, I think it was uh, social media uh, marketing went up, doubled between the years, I think it was 14 to 16. It doubled from $30 billion to $60 billion. So the world is getting more and more excited about telling you that you need more. They're, they're, and the world is, is getting more excited about telling you that you're not enough right now. Have you ever have you figured that out yet? Have you figured that out that, um, that Amazon is so successful because we're not content with what we have? <laughs> and so we literally get caught up in this idea uh, all the time that we're being told we need more, we're not enough. If I had that, I would be X. If, if I had more of this, I would be this, right? Right? And, and so this is... Some of this isn't wrong. You know, owning things, buying things is not wrong. Don't hear that. We're going to get into some of that a little bit. But I just want you to recognize that, that the, the very act of, of, of needing more, feeling like I'm not enough until, can you imagine what that does to the vision that you have for your life? I'll let you think. Yeah. Think about that. Think about the need of getting more, of trying to accumulate things, stuff. And you might be very simplistic in your, in your living because you're a college student. And you don't have any money or whatever. And so well, I don't have much stuff. I'm, I'm clean. <laughs> but what's the heart want? Does the heart want more? And, um, and I'd even say, you know, what more do you need from God to be complete? So this, there's multiple aspects to this. And I, I want to kind of keep this a little short because I think it's not a complicated topic and I don't want to over talk it. But the scriptures we're going to get to is great. But so this is the idea is that this idea of dissatisfaction and that the world tries to keep us in a state of need and want. That did you know that this is so good? The world, the world is the the devil is always trying to keep you 
going after more. And it's so successful that when gum commercials began to advertise people putting two sticks of gum in their mouths, gum sales doubled overnight. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, wow, that was really smart. <laughs> That's my. But here's, isn't that wild though, that we're so quick to follow this, uh, to follow the world and the way the world believes, thinks, does, acts, wants us to be like. And yet we're called not to be in it or of it. And yet it's so hard because it's everywhere. It's so pervasive. So let's read this. Philippians 4, um, verse 10. You guys are there? <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> I love it. At least you can always tell me no. All right. Paul says this, and he's, and he's speaking as if he's about to get a gift. He, it, this is the context, is that the church was giving him a gift. And he says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Now, I'm not saying it's because I am in need. For I have learned to be content, say content, what, in whatever circumstances. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Verse 12. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. Say the secret. Woo! Come on, there's a secret. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. And then he ends with this. And it's connected. Don't read it separate. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You know, you guys know that scripture, right? That's right. This is the context. You can take it out of context if you want, because I think it applies. I think we can do all things. But it's in the context that I have no want. Isn't that beautiful? Did you guys, have you ever, have you ever connected that? That God's ability to do all that we need him to do, who gives us strength, is, con is connected to our ability to be content. <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. You know what I love about this too, is verse 12, it says, uh, he says, I have learned the secret. You can learn to be content. Isn't that good news? How many of you guys are really good at being content? Raise your hand. Couple of you guys? Yeah, I see your hands. For the rest of us, we can learn. I don't know we can all learn. I get it. But we can learn to be content. And why do we want to be learn to be content? So that we can do all of this through him who strengthens us. Why don't you turn to 1 Timothy 6. Let's just keep going. This is good. First Timothy 6, verse 6. You see, letting go of the things that we, that, that we feel will make us content, letting go of that stuff is like, is like taking some of the scales off our eyes. And you, have you ever felt like, I don't know about you guys, but to be real, like shopping therapy is a thing for me. It really is. Like, I don't actually have to buy anything most of the time. 
I can just walk through a store. In fact, I feel rather empowered when I don't buy something. Do you ever feel that? You're like, you walk out of the store, you bought nothing. You're like, all right then. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, or, like, or if you're like me, I try six things on and then I still buy nothing. <laughs> Melissa says, I can't do that. <laughs> there, is, there is something so beautiful to saying, God, I need nothing but you. I need nothing but you. I don't actually need, I, I, don't, I don't actually need my spouse to be in a good mood for me to be okay. She's like, good save. I, I don't need you to be okay for me to be okay. And I don't need anything from Amazon to make me feel more worthy. And I don't need the best shoes, the best shirt, whatever. Like, all of that is beautiful. If you're into style, don't hear that that's not good or bad or whatever. Buying things is not wrong. It's the heart behind it, right? It's the heart behind it. Listen, if you, can buy, if you can buy a new set of plates for your kitchen and not feel like this was a, a, a boost to your identity, then you're good. But if you're having a rough day and you just know, man, I gotta go shopping. Then you're trying to fill a void, a hurt, a pain, a dissatisfaction with something other than Christ in you. And how many of you guys know, like, that those, those plates or whatever, they're going to break down and go away eventually. <laughs> but you have a God that, that's just getting better. So Paul saying to first Timothy, to Timothy, and, you know, if you don't know this, Paul is, is mentoring Timothy. Timothy's a great leader, although he's young. He is a great leader. And Paul says this to Timothy. It says, but in verse, uh, so first Timothy 6, verse 6. But godliness... With contentment is great gain. Just stop there for a second. Isn't that meaty? Like I read that and I'm like, how do you move on? Like, but godliness with contentment, being Christ-like, being righteous, holy, being good, being kind, faithful, being all of that with being content is the great gain. Isn't that beautiful? See, this, it's not a boring word when, the way God uses it. He actually, actually connects it to some really important things. Verse 7, For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. <laughs> but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Notice, you guys know this, but I'll say it again. It doesn't say money is the root of all evil. But it says the love of money. The pursuing of money as a thing, right? Unrighteous mammon. The pursuing of these things is the root of evil. Why? Because it takes you away. Well, let's find out. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, some people, not us, but some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I thought that was putting it very kindly. 
But you, man of God, I love Paul, you man of God, (laughs) to Timothy, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. What's he saying? He says, but you, godly man, pursue the kingdom of heaven. Pursue Jesus. Pursue God. Leave all this, don't leave the pursuit of all the riches, the wealth, the notoriety, leave it behind. Leave behind all the extra purchases that you're trying to fill something up with. Leave behind the, the things that you, if you had this stuff, if you had that house, right? If I, if I, listen, the hard, you know how hard it is to feel content in your own skin sometimes? Huh. I mean, sometimes you just wish you had more hair or something, right? You're just like, come on, let's go. Pray for something for me, right? Like, <laughs> this is taking me a long time. And I stand in front of the video camera, all right? So like, <laughs> but I'm content. Like, I'm, I'm a handsome man. Like, let's go. <laughs> Listen, the, contentment has many layers is my point. You get that, right? So how is your contentment doing these days? This isn't a small thing. Your, your ability to be content in, in, in your own skin, in your own house, in your own marriage, in your own kids, in your own parenting, your, your ability to stay content in these places is the ability to stay in God's peace. Just let, a, let that breath go in and out, right? Like, oh, that's why I'm not at peace. If I just had that job... I just had that raise. If I just looked like that person, I'd be complete. I'd be content. I love that Paul even says it. He says, he says, I've been in content in lack. And I've preached that God's more than enough. But what about those times when you're in lack? Is he enough in those places when you're when you're broken? when your heart is in pieces because of a breakup or because someone did something and it just broke your heart, can you be content in the pain? Do you think that's what he's trying to say here? Do you think, do you think he's the kind of father that would allow you to be content and okay, even in brokenness? Even though we don't want to talk about it, but but I want you to know if you're in that place, it's okay to be at rest in him and know that he is near to the brokenhearted and he's near to them. And if he's near to you, then you're okay and you're enough. I, I think oftentimes I feel like we're, we're, we're reaching and grabbing for revival or for the next move of God or the move in our own life or the next breakthrough. Okay, we're, we're, we're striving for, we're going to a tent meeting. And I, I, I get invites all the time, not me personally, like to go speak at it, but like, would you come to our meeting? Would you come to this tent thing? Would you do this? And we, we jumped into a, a beautiful meeting uh, a few Mondays ago and it was radical and fun. And we had, the, we, we had God, God showed up, it was beautiful. And, 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 thank you, honey. And if you're always going to things trying to find revival, trying to find something, I would, I would slide to you on a piece of paper. Are you content? Because if you're not content, then everything you look at will be a distraction. And most of us, if we're to be honest with ourselves, if I say, what's the vision for your life? 
What's the vision for you and God right now? And you might be like, well, I don't really know. I'm guessing that this would help a lot of us if we just got really, really right with the Lord and say, Father, I need to to break off some discontentment, that you're not moving fast enough for me. You didn't show up strong enough for me and whatever reasons, right? Like not enough people are getting saved right now. And believe me, I'm like praying for this stuff. But there's a place of being like, all right, God, contentment will actually give me vision for where I'm called to go. Because if you're trying to look and grab at everything on the shelf or in your friend's life or whatever's life, there is no way that you're going to clearly see God's plan for your life. And so put a smile on because this is easy. We can learn the secret to being content. Amen? Did you know that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the whole kingdom? You don't even have to know what to put into your shopping cart. He just gives it all to you. And you just get to sit there going, wow, the whole kingdom? Really? Yeah, it's because you're my, you're my daughter. I love it. The Bible says that pursue, pursue the kingdom and righteousness and how much will be added to you? All these things. Let's go. All these things. It's not wrong to want influence. It's not wrong to want a job where like you're stoked to go to work every day. It's not wrong to have a bunch of friends. It's not wrong to have a knockout husband and a knockout wife. It's not wrong to have these things. But it's wrong to pursue that over the kingdom. It's wrong to pursue the, the, the presence of God instead of just his presence. Does that make sense? It's wrong to pursue the things that he has given us to enjoy rather than just pursuing him because he is what's going to make us feel content right he is what's going to make us feel okay i say it that way because that's the question i ask myself when i'm flipping out jesse are you okay god am i okay right now (laughs) he's like he's yeah you're okay you're just angry you don't need to be but you can be and so i i use that are you okay i use it all the time so fix your eyes on Jesus. And you guys, this isn't complicated. I, don't, I tend not to preach complicated messages because I think they should be for all of us. And I think, you know, I think just people, everyday people need to grab this stuff. They don't need to have a degree to learn the secret of being content. All right, why don't you, um, why don't you stand with me? If you're on the prayer team, come on up here. Come on up here. Last week, we had people getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. People were praying in tongues up front. It was awesome. People were getting healed. I don't know what God's going to do this week. But if you need prayer, if you need breakthrough, I encourage you to come up. God is on the move. But put your hand on your heart right now. Some of you guys are good at this. Some of us are not. Wherever you're at, there is probably room to grow. But man, I get excited. I get excited. Because you know what about a church that's content? That's a church that's authentic. And you know what the world is looking for? 
a bunch of authentic, Jesus-loving people. They don't need anything from anybody else because I'm content. But man, I want you to meet this Father I know and love. So Father, I pray right now for us, God. Would you break off, break off all the discontentment, God. Break off the love of money, the love of stuff. Break off the neediness that we feel sometimes. Not all the times, you guys. It can be slight, it can be small. But break off these little things off of us, Lord. In your power, break it off. I've been hearing it all the morning. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's his power, it's his strength that breaks the stuff off. So just submit to him, Lord. Father, I pray you break it off us right now, God. You break off the need for consumerism, Lord. You break off the need to want what we don't have right now, God. But Lord, that we would be centered and at peace and at rest in all that you have for us, God. And I do. I pray, God, for abundance. I pray for favor. I pray for bank accounts to be exploding. I pray for the best jobs for people here. I pray for spouses, amazing husbands, amazing wives, girlfriends, boyfriends. I pray for it all, Lord. We want it all. We, but Lord, we ask that you you would add it to us, God, so that we could just be really clear and say, Father, we love you and we love your kingdom. And if I pray, Father, you would just meet us in this place of humility, of humble desire, Lord, as you always do, God. Yeah, yeah we love you, Father. Amen. Amen. Can we just give God just a shout of praise right now? Come on. We love you, Lord. Come on. Keep going, but I'm not gonna. Okay. Hey, we love you guys. Come on up for prayer. We'll get some house music on. Um, and uh, yeah, have an amazing week. Well, the, the Hearing from God class too, by the way. By the way, if the, I wanna say this. The Hearing from God class is about you learning how to hear from the Lord. So if you've ever, if someone has asked you, what's the Lord saying to you right now? And, and you, all you know is what you've read in the Bible recently. Like it's that, but it's also him speaking to you. And one of the greatest rocket ships of my faith was when I realized that I could ask God a question and he would answer me. And if you haven't fully experienced that yet, which might be after only a couple of you, I encourage you, jump into this class. It will be so life-giving. It's simple. It's easy because I've been with them. I've, I've, it's just, it's the easiest thing to hear from the Lord. But if nobody's actually ever walked you through it, it can feel hard, scary, confusing, all that stuff. So I, that's the last thing I'll say about that. Jump into these classes. They're life-changing. And um, I love you guys. Have an amazing week. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. Because.